You are now listening to the moon child. It's a nice sunny spring day. And you already know what the day is. It is April 29th. So ladies and gentlemen, it is officially draft day. It's officially draft day for the NFL draft. And this draft hits different than I can remember in my whole lifetime. As y'all know, I am a 49er fan. And today is the day where we draft our franchise quarterback. As I should remind everybody a little bit about my little backstory. This is very new to me. Where I'm supporting a franchise that's actually making moves and that actually has a chance to compete a super compete for a Super Bowl. As y'all know, I was a Raider fan. I was a Raider fan until 2017. Until I found out there's moving to Vegas. I wasn't gonna be part of no farewell tour. And that's when I headed out. I said deuces. And I became a Niner fan. They were six and ten. You know, after that Jimmy trade. Next year, Jimmy gets injured. We go 2-14. and 14. Year after that, we rebuild, get Nick Bosa with our second overall pick. Go to the Super Bowl. Year after that, Jimmy gets injured. Nick Bosa gets injured. Everybody gets fucking injured. And we end up going 6-10. and 10. We end up with the 12th pick. But this time around, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch... Feel like they need to make a decision that we need to move up to three and get a franchise QB. Now we're sitting there at three knowing that we're about to draft a QB. And the only question is, who are we going to draft? So it's a real big day. It's a really, really, really big day. All Niner fans are stressing, seeing who we're about to pick. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day for myself personally. As y'all know, I move. I said, like I said, I'm moving May 1st. May 1st is in two days. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm gonna be packing during while I'm watching the draft. Get, about to go with my boy Lodge today. He about to bless me up real quick. Maybe hit the gym. So I'm looking forward to a good day. Uh, hopefully, a stressed, a non-stressed day, depending on who we pick. As far as last night, you know, as far as the Sacramento Kings, I do talk about the Sacramento Kings. And it's important for me to address when I'm wrong and, you know, and all of that. But my goodness, they got popped by 50 last night. My, Oh, my God. I never watched a team play such bad defense before. But we're talking about the team, the organization that I support, that actually makes winning moves. You know, the Kings is, the Kings, like I said, the Kings is like the Raiders in a way. You know what I'm saying? Bad defense, bad organization, make bad decisions. All around just bad. But we're on the rise up. And Raider fans can feel the same way. I don't really give a fuck about what the Raiders are doing though. This is about Niners. Especially today. Everybody wants to know what the Niners are doing. Because we damn near control where this draft goes. But let's talk about why the Niners are in this position. First and foremost. First and foremost. That you know is important to realize. Mainly because of injuries. Uh, we shouldn't. We are not no 6-10 and 10 team. We are a Super Bowl team. Truly think when fully healthy, I don't think there's a team. I don't think there's a team in the NFC that can compete with us other than now the Buccaneers and maybe the Seahawks. Simply, nobody likes getting physical with the 49ers. I, I, I seen it with my own eyes. I think the best team outside of the 49ers is the Buccaneers. But before that, I thought it was the Packers. And you already know what the Niners do to the Packers. We just damn near own the Packers. We beat them by 30 twice last year. They just don't like getting physical. 
and that's just how it is. Kyle Shanahan's too great of offensive mind, and the talent that we drafted around the roster is we got generational talents everywhere. Let me slow down. We got generational talents everywhere, though. You think about it. Got a generational talent at middle linebacker, Fred Warner. Arguably the best middle linebacker in the league. Got a generational pass rush, generational talent pass rusher. A guy who's going to be able to get 7 to 10 sacks when healthy um, for the rest of his career in Nick Bosa. And to break down Nick Bosa, let's not forget how dominant he was his rookie year. You know, it's easy to get amazed by Chase Young, but I hate to tell y'all, Nick Bosa is two times better than what Chase Young was if you're comparing their rookie year. Chase Young led all rookies in QB pressures in last last season, right? He had 41 QB pressures. That's amazing. I truly think that's amazing. I think he's a great player. But you want to know how many QB pressures Nick Bosa had his his rookie year? 102. 102 compared to 41. That's just how dominant he was. That's the generational talent. He's just a technician. And he has a high motor. And he can play inside and outside. He can do it all. And he's a he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. So we have the pass rusher. We have the linebacker down. Our safeties are solid. We do have to improve in corners in the later rounds in the draft. I hope we are looking at a corner for, um, with our second round second round pick. I would say corner is our biggest weaknesses, especially now we're not going to have Sherman coming back. But Mosley, he he's been stepping up every single year, and we're also bringing Jason Verrett back, who arguably was top 15 last year. I would say he was a top 15 corner. He was very solid. Our defense was top 15 last year, and that was without Nick Bosa with all the injuries that we're dealing with. We didn't even have Jaquiski Tart. We had none of that. So with that going into play, and then we come on to the offensive end. We have the best tight end in the league, in my opinion. Shout out to Kelsey. Shout out to Darren Waller as well. But they're not on the same level as George Kittle because George Kittle is an all-around tight end. He is an elite blocker. He is an elite pass catcher. He's elite after the catch. He's a mismatch. He's a matchup nightmare as well. We have a generational talent at left tackle in Trent Williams. Best lap, He's the best left tackle prospect ever. No man that big is moving as fast as he is pretty sure what he has 4.8 speed and he's constantly in the pro bowl he's constantly all pro and he did it coming off of cancer he still came first year on the niners during his pandemic season still was all pro still was a top three left tackle in the league we're bringing on alex mack lincoln tomlinson is for show top 10 when it comes to the left guard position daniel brunskill is progressively getting better mike mcglinchey we're picking up his fifth option. Now, he's not the greatest pass blocker, but in the run game, he is a force to be reckoned with at 6'8", moving like that. Then, we got a fullback in Kyle Huszczyk, who is such an underrated weapon, and the way we utilize him is more useful than how teams would utilize a backup running back for the pass game. We use Huszczyk for a running game, so every single time we're doing those little outside stretch plays, we got huge check, we and we got Kittle, so we always have seven blockers going at you, and we're gonna run down their throat. We're gonna get physical, and then we got Raheem Maserati, four-two guy, who can, if he's healthy, I think he can run for two thousand yards if he wanted to. Then we got young receivers and Debo. I think Debo, thing about Debo, he's just such a physical receiver. 
You don't want to. He's he's so good after the catch. He breaks so many tackles, and he's a willing blocker. He reminds me a lot of Heinz Ward. He reminds me a lot of Heinz Ward. And then we got the young stud in Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to be special. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in year two. The only thing we're just worried about is what we're doing with the quarterback position. Oh, also with the D-line, we got DeForest, not, not DeForest Buckner, unfortunately. We have Javon Kinlaw. We have Armstead. And we really improved the depth. We got some boys from the Raiders. We got Maurice Hurst. We got Arden Key. We also picked up Samson Ibukam as another pass rusher. We still have D Ford. We really depthed up the, the, the D-line. We got a lot of depth on the D-line. We got a lot of different options. And it doesn't look like we're drafting anybody in the D-line. We got a lot of veterans. We got a lot of depth in the D-line to make sure we're fulfilled. And we always have, uh, for sure, four guys. Four guys that are capable of rushing the passer because that's what we do. And with those moves, that's why I think we're hopefully going to get corners in second and third round. Because we were able to get third round picks from losing our defensive coordinator. But as far as our season went last year, we all know it was because of the injuries. Also with injuries with Jimmy G. Nick Mullins really lost us some games last year. He lost us the game versus the Washington football team. He lost us the game versus... Basically versus the NFC East except for the Giants. Because he lost us the Eagles game. He lost us the Washington football team game. And he lost us against the Cowboys. And that's when I was done. When we lost against the Cowboys. And I got to deal with my dad being a Cowboys fan. And seeing the way we're losing these games just because of turnovers. The defense is doing their job. Everybody's doing their job. We just can't be turning the ball over. And he's giving up costly turnovers. And you can see the stress on Kyle's beard. Not only with... Nick Mullins bad play and then having to deal with CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins as his option and just Jimmy G get, keep getting injured. And that's the reality of with it. We have a win now roster and our starting quarterback, the, Pat, the two out of the past three years, he's been injured. I, Kyle Shanahan, and that's the reason why the Mac Jones talk is so big because Kyle Shanahan is so, I would say, cocky with his scheme and he has every right to be. I mean, see, look what he's done. He's the reason why Kirk Cousins has the contract he has right now. Brought Matt Ryan to the Super Bowl. He's the reason why he has the contract right now. Brought Jimmy G to the Super Bowl. Reason why he has the contract he has right now. Nick Mullins is second in passing yards through their first four seasons behind only Patrick Mahomes. Nick Mullins is second in passing yards of all time in their first four seasons due to Kyle Shanahan. You know, George Kittle broke the record of receiving t receiving yards for tight end, which has recently been broken again. But that's what Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard as quarterback because Jimmy was injured that year. That's just how great that's just how great of an offensive mind that Kyle Shanahan is. So we're making this move, moving to three, where Kyle Shanahan gets to handpick his guy in a very, very, very loaded QB draft class. Very loaded. Talking Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. He even got wild cards in Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, Davis Mills. Got a lot of different options. But those first five I just said, they, they all have potential of being a franchise QB. But the reality of it, not all of them will be a franchise QB. But in our situation where we already have a Super Bowl roster, a rookie QB would be lucky to come into the 49ers situation. 
very lucky to come in this situation. It's not like going to the Jaguars. It's not like going to the Jets. But the Broncos, the 49ers, the Patriots, where you got good rosters. I can question Broncos coaching. But where you got the Niners, the coaching staff that the Niners have and the coaching staff that the that the Patriots have, you just plug in this rookie QB already with these, you know, these loaded rosters, and you can build upon that while they're on their rookie contract. It's a very good opportunity. I mean, you've seen the success what Jared Goff was able to do with the Rams. Look at what Baker Mayfield is right now with the with the Browns. Look at what Lamar Jackson is with the Ravens. Josh Allen with the Bills. When you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, it's you have this window where you're able to really do things around the roster that you can't do when you have to pay your quarterback. And because Jimmy getting, keeps getting in, injured, they figured we want to get a quarterback and they want to be able to control their destiny. So that's the reason with them moving up to three. Now we have options. Kyle Shannon said, now we have options. We don't have to be secret on whether we're going to get a quarterback. We don't have to be sitting there waiting at the altar. We have options and we get to control our own destiny. We kind of already know who's going one and two. But if the Jets don't want to take Zach Wilson at two, that's fine. We'll take Zach Wilson. That's perfectly fine with me. But if you are if you already know who's going one and two, we're sitting there where we control the cards. We don't have to wait or think about trading up no more or even have to worry about what, any, what anybody else has to do. We have an option where we can choose Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones, who I think is all capable of doing it. But... If I'm have to choose one, I'm gonna choose Trey Lance, and I'll get in the sec. I'll get into that in a second. But having them on the rookie contract is gonna do great things. But one thing is to understand that about all these rookie quarterbacks, none of these rookie quarterbacks are gonna come in with MVP numbers. All these rookie quarterbacks are gonna come in. They're gonna show great flashes. But I promise you, they're gonna throw picks. A lot of picks is gonna be thrown. A lot of sacks be taken. A lot of mistakes is going to be made, and that's fine. It comes with experience. None of these quarterbacks are going to just come in and dominate the league. Pat Mahomes got to sit down, sit out for a year, and that's how the whole, that's the situation that I hope the Niners are planning to planning to do. Because I like Jimmy G, but none of these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, especially with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson potentially with their teams, uh, where the, where the rosters, there's a lot of work to do. Nobody's just going to come into the NFL and really just dominate like that rookie year. Justin Herbert had a dominant rookie year, but they didn't win that many games. Plus, there was times where he's seen ghosts. There was times where he threw some, you know, god-awful picks. But that happens. You're not going to win necessarily win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. But the long term where the rookie quarterback that you drafted, you know, in year three, year four, takes that jump like Lamar, like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and you have the roster around them, that year three, year four range where you can really start competing, that's that's the goal. And our, our Super Bowl window is starting now. I'm not going to necessarily put all the cards in the basket this year, but there's a possibility, and I'm about to get into that in a second. And that's with Jimmy G. We are in a very good situation where we still have a quarterback that showed that he can take us to the Super Bowl. The only thing is if if we trade him, there's there's possibility to trade him, and the only reason we would trade him, in my opinion, is because of the morale of the team. Does he want to be a starter for this year and help the young rookie quarterback out 
and then we ship him off. Because that's the reality. That's the reality. We draft this QB. He's going to be the start of the future. I don't know if we're going to trade Jimmy in this draft or if we're going to keep him for a year then trade him. But at the end of the day, he's going to be gone and whoever we draft is going to be the future. But me personally, I want to keep him. I want to do the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation. I want to see how far Jimmy could take us again. And if he's fucking up, if he's keep throwing picks or he gets injured, now we have the insurance this time where we have our rookie quarterback to build upon instead of throwing in a Nick Mullins or a CJ Beathard. They the management, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. They said they're tired of it. They're not going through this again where we're just going to be sitting there with C.J. Bethard or Nick Mullins. No, we're going to have a real plan this time. We're going to have some depth. That's why they built up that defensive line. That's why they got so many guys to to fulfill just in case somebody got injured. We really built in our depth because we don't want injuries to be an excuse or be a problem. We want to be able to be prepared. And I think that's the most important thing. But I would love to keep Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo and see how far he takes it. And he fuck around winning Super Bowl for us. That's great. And that's great value for him. Where we can go with our new rookie quarterback. It will help us with the cap. At the end of the day, it's all about winning Super Bowl. I think Jimmy G is a great QB. And that's why I'm so against this Mac Jones thing. I'm pretty sure everybody's against this Mac Jones thing. But I don't think Mac Jones is going to come in to the NFL. Especially in his rookie year. And is going to be greater than Jimmy Garoppolo right off the bat. I truly don't think that. Jimmy Garoppolo has brought us to the Super Bowl. His main issue is injuries. And the way he plays when he's injured is bad. But when he's healthy, he's shown when he's healthy, he's able to lead this team to the Super Bowl. And I have no problem with that. The only way that we'll trade him this year, I feel like, is because of morale. But I hope that he's a dude that knows how the business works. I hope he's willing to compete. If he's a competitor, he'll be willing to compete and show what he got and prove his value to not only the Niners but also around the league because teams are not even trying to pay you know trade a second round pick to get him maybe he can prove that he's a value of a first round pick so he has a lot to prove and I think he can teach the next guy which is hopefully Trey Lance the ropes simple as that and let's get into Trey Lance I think Trey Lance I said this before I've been saying this for the past three months I think he has the highest ceiling he ran the pro offense at North Dakota State. I feel like he can make every single throw. He's twitchy in the pocket. He throws. He has a freaking cannon of an arm. And he's the best dual threat QB of the draft. He had not thrown a single interception in college. I don't care what what you know level you played at. You know, you throw interceptions in practice, but he did not throw. You have to throw interception at least once. Now let's talk about the school he's going to. You know, he went to. It's North Dakota State. Okay, yes, yeah, Division Two, but this is the premier Division Two school that's been winning national championships, and he got them a national championship as a redshirt freshman at 19 years old and put up 41 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's amazing, completing 67% of your passes. That's still amazing, and with the pressure, North Dakota. There's what do you when you think of North Dakota? What what else do you think of North Dakota? I promise you that whole state revolves around North Dakota State football program. I promise you. So he already had to deal it might you might not look at it as pressure or like, you know, but that whole state literally eats, lives and breathes that football program. For real. And you had Carson Wentz in the past 
do what he did. He was very successful at North Dakota State. And Trey Lance was, if you look at Carson Wentz's first year starting and Trey Lance's first year starting, it's kind of identical. But you know what the difference is? Carson Wentz had like 25 touchdowns. You know, we're talking about passing numbers. 25 touchdowns around the same completion percentage. But he threw 10 picks. Trey Lance had 28 passing touchdowns. Zero picks. There's just so much to like about the dude, and they're saying he's killing in interviews. He's very poised. He's just very, very poised, very calm, and dude is huge. He's like 6'3", 230, and he, when he running the ball, they, the reason why he never went to a big school, and he's from, like, Minnesota, they wanted to use him as a safety, a corner. So he's just been underrated and doubted as a QB his whole football career. And I think he's fully capable of being a quarterback in the NFL. I think he's the perfect quarterback for the 49ers. They ran a similar system. I think a year under Jimmy G, or even half of a year under Jimmy G, including the preseason that we finally got back, which I'm going to be looking forward to, I think it just makes the most sense. It makes the most sense, and I know they think it makes the most sense. I know John Lynch wants Trey Lance, and I'm hoping Kyle Shanahan wants Trey Lance, and I hope we pull the trigger on him. I really do. And that's the goal. And as far as Mac Jones, let's talk about the Mac Jones smoke. So everybody, you know, he has the Matt Ryan, he has the Kirk Cousins comparison. But he's playing at Alabama. If we're going to, you know, criticize everybody, you know, I feel like Justin Fields has been getting the most unfair part. And I think with Justin Fields' situation, is because he transferred from Georgia. Now, Baker Mayfield... Joe Burrow, they transferred from the school, but Baker didn't get no, he didn't really get no run. Like, he wasn't even supposed to. He didn't even get a scholarship to Oklahoma. Like, he just came off the scene. Like, he really grinded for nothing. And with Joe Burrow, he left Ohio State, but he literally had the most perfect season where he won the national championship. The Heisman broke all the records and brought a championship to LSU and all of that. Justin Fields was close. But I think Georgia is, like, leaking bad things about him. I think he's a talented quarterback. I think he's the fourth-best QB in his job. I think he's better than Mac Jones for sure. But we're talking about Mac Jones. The dude was only pressured 18% this year. He had to deal with no type of pressure. We already know he's not mobile. But as far as, yeah, he could read the defense great. I think he's a great decision-maker. He's great at reading the defense. He damn near put up the same passing numbers as Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow has proved that. He has the ability to extend. And I've seen Joe Burrow under pressure at LSU way more times than what Mac Jones was under. Like, Mac Jones, once he got pressured a little bit, there were some questionable things and all that. But as far as his ability to read the defense and make passes from the pocket, it's, it's phenomenal. But there's already guys in the league like that, and we already have one on our team in Jimmy Garoppolo. On top of that, we're going to the NFC West. He's not going to come in the league being the greatest pocket passer. It doesn't work that way. That comes with experience. I feel like you want to go with somebody with a higher ceiling. I think that just makes the most sense to go with somebody with a higher ceiling. If we get Mac Jones, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to end up being salty about it. Seahawks fans, Cardinal fans, Rams fans, they all want us to draft Mac Jones. But the potential with of Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan and the creativity that Kyle Shanahan already possesses, it just, it just makes all the sense. It makes all the sense. And we're just hoping, I'm really hoping that we get Trey Lance. So with that being said, I want to get into this mock draft. So the first round is today. 
and I want to talk about my mock draft. I got a mock draft, and the way I went into this is like, if I'm the GM of the team, what would I do? What would I do? And I'll go into why they picked them and all that. I think it's fun doing mock draft. Everybody do a mock draft, so why not give you all my mock draft? So, starting first with the Jaguars. You already know who it is, Trevor Lawrence. They get their QB. He's a prototype. He's a 6'6", sunshine. He's poised. He's prepared. Got Urban Meyer over there, and it's the start of a new era. I think the dream for that Jaguar situation is comparable to what the, the Cowboys did in the 90s with getting Jimmy Johnson and then getting Troy Aikman and building the roster like that and getting two Super Bowls from it. So it's going to be a new era in Jacksonville. They got their guy Trevor Lawrence. Simple as that. Pretty sure everybody knows who's going number one. Number two, New York Jets. They go with Zach Wilson. They like that pro day too much. There's so much potential with Zach Wilson. There's a lot of things to like about Zach Wilson. Obviously, you can question the competition. And shoot, he wasn't being pressured like that, but he showed escape ability. There's so there are things that he can do. Slinging the football is just special. It really is just special. I seen it with my own eyes. It was just a lot of. It was just super special, super super special. Now this is where the draft really starts. One and two, we kind of already know what happens. Number three, 49ers. Bam, Trey Lance is gonna go number three, and the Niners gonna get their future franchise quarterback. Hopefully, they're gonna keep Jimmy G. And yeah, you got that dynamic where you already got the field general, you got the um the the game manager and Jimmy G. And then you got the the potential. You got the young gun and Trey Lance to develop from under them. The guy with the higher ceiling, the, the superstar. That's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. So Trey Lance to the bay. Trey to the bay. Say it with me. Trey to the bay. Now, number four, the Falcons. Now, this is where things really get tricky. Now, what, what is the Falcons going to do with this fourth pick? Now, there's rumors that they're going to trade Julio Jones. If, if they do trade Julio Jones, the fit that I like for Julio Jones is either Tennessee or Baltimore. Tennessee or Baltimore would be a great spot for, for Julio. I would say preferably Tennessee. Him and A.J. Brown with the running game of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill off the play action. I really like that. You know, I like that mesh. But as far as the Falcons, they're in a situation where do they want to move on from Matt Ryan and get the QB for the future? Or do they get the best player in the draft that can be that's a generational talent? That's probably going to be a future Hall of Famer is in people's eyes. And the best weapon in this draft, or could be the best weapon in the NFL if it goes right. And that's Kyle Pitts. I got Falcons game Kyle Pitts. If they are thinking about getting trading Julio Jones, who's 32 right now, I think Kyle Pitts, you just can't pass up. Matt Ryan is still able to be a very solid quarterback. He's, only, he's 35, 36. Passing is not their problem. They do need pieces on the defense, but they are drafting at four. Where they can get a generational talent. They can get some defensive pieces in round two and round three. There's some good defensive players on the board, especially in the second round where they're probably picking at, what, 36 or something like that? So they can get another corner or a safety in the second round. Get yourself the generational talent. Get yourself Kyle Pitts. You can use him like a Darren Waller. You see the, that, the success that Darren Waller has with the Raiders. you got to give it up to them. Where he's just Kyle Pitts and, you know, also with Darren Waller too fast for linebackers too big for dbs and safeties just a complete mismatch matchup nightmare you gotta get him he dudes run 4-4 he's 250 
six six five six six. It's unstoppable. You gotta you gotta get him. Now number five, Bengals. Now this is when things really get interesting. So the Bengals are in a little bit dilemma now. Do now if I'm the Bengals GM, I'm talking to my quarterback, Joe Burrow. Now how do you feel? Obviously the O line wasn't good, but I know they picked up another O lineman. I think Riley Reef or somebody. They picked up another O lineman. Now that's important to remember. Now if I'm the GM of the Bengals, like okay, you know you tore your ACL. We know the O line wasn't bad, but your homie Jamar Chase is on the board now. It's either between Penay Sewell or Jamar Chase. I don't see Joe Burrow passing on an opportunity to reunite with Jamar Chase, who I think is the third best receiver in the draft. I mean, the second best receiver in the draft, respectfully. But an opportunity to re reunite with Jamar Chase, because Jamar Chase is talented. Dude, we've seen what he did. We see what he can do. I think he's going to be a great... He's he's the number one... He's a number one receiver. That's that's for sure what he is. I just don't think he's better than Devontae Smith, and I'll get into that in a second. But Jamar Chase is fantastic. He's phenomenal. And you reunite him with Joe Burrow. And, you, you know, if I'm a GM and I'm talking to my franchise QB, I'm talking to Joe Burrow like, you know, do you want to reunite with Jamar Chase or do we get you Panay Sewell to get you some help on the offensive line? I can't see him be like, now nah, let's go offensive line because they can get an offensive line in the second round. Vice versa, they can also get a receiver in the second round. They have another high pick. They can get Terrence Marshall, who's also from LSU in the second round. They, I think they can get themselves an Alex Leatherwood in the second round. But where Jamar Chase, you can re reunite that, I don't see the Bengals passing over that. Where you got Jamar Chase, you got Tyler Boyd, and you got T. Higgins. So I think I think Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Jamar Chase at number five. That's who the Bengals go with. And then they get their they get some more offensive line help in the second and third round. I don't see them passing on Jamar Chase. Not on Jabar not not on not on Joe Burrow's watch. So the Bengals I got with Jamar Chase. Number six, Dolphins, 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 Dolphins. Now, now the I think their plans was to get Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Now they're sitting there at six. And Panay Sewell is available. Rashawn Slater is available. They could beef up with the offensive line. But it's the same situation. You know, you, you're getting wet. We've been saying that he needs weapons. And I think, and the interesting thing about the Dolphins, they have a pick at 18. They could for surely get an offensive lineman. But what they can't get, I don't think, at 18 is Devontae Smith. And I got the Dolphins taking Devontae Smith. And you reunite Tua with Devontae Smith. Where who who did Tua throw that national championship pass to to win them the game? Who did he throw it to? Oh yeah, that was Devontae Smith as a freshman. I think if you get Devontae Smith and Tua together, I think that would be a phenomenal. I think Devontae Smith is a phenomenal receiver. <laughs> there is so much things to like. Everybody talks about his weight. Yeah, I get it. He's 170, but the way this dude runs routes, and you might not even think he's the fastest. I do not believe he's in that four or five range. Yeah, he's not fast like Jalen Waddle. He might not even be as fast as Jamar Chase. And I think he might be the same speed as Jamar Chase, you know. If you watch him play, I got to watch way too much Alabama football. That's why I got to watch a lot of Mac Jones, and I really like Mac Jones. But, oh, my God, if you just watch Devontae Smith run routes, my goodness, like, he really perfected his craft. That extra year at Alabama has really helped him. He has a great mentality. And if you're, you know, I'm comparing, it's like, it's like a Marvin Harrison, but really, if 
if you use them the right way, hopefully they use them the right way, which I think they will in Miami. But he has that Devontae Smith, Keenan Allen guy where you where if you just man on man against them, their release is just too nasty. They have that that shiftiness. They have that shiftiness off the line. And it's just so beautiful to watch where and they understand coverages. Devontae Smith has that factor in him. The, his route running is unbelievable. And you want to talk about his speed? He has a thing called football speed. The dude glides. The dude really glides. I don't know if he's that fast in the 40. He, he chooses he's choosing not to run his 40, which I think is a great idea. But the dude has serious football speed because he's he was burning people out there. There's a reason why he's the the best college football college football player in history. There's a reason. And that's I think that's going to translate into the NFL just fine. He understands coverages. He played safety and corner in high school as well. As well, he's competing against Patrick Sertan all the time. I think Dolphins go Devonte Smith. I think he defeats all the odds, and I think it's a perfect match. Devonte Smith with Tua, Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. I think those are great situations for both of them, and then they can get an offensive line later. Now seven, I got my first trade. I think it's the only trade so far. I can't. It's the only trade that I feel like I can predict. And I got the Broncos moving up to seven, switching with the Lions. Lions moving down to nine. Lions getting the extra third round pick because they need talent. And I got the Broncos moving up to seven in front of the Panthers. Now, the Broncos and Panthers just made a trade where Teddy Bridgewater is now in the Broncos. Panthers sent him over there. So it looks like the Panthers might be going all in with Sam Darnold. Or they could have kept the option up for Justin Fields to have Justin Fields and Sam Darnold go against each other. Well, the Broncos is like, fuck that. We're not going to let that happen. So there might be a true lock trade somewhere. But they have Teddy Bridgewater, and I think Broncos go up and get their guy in Justin Fields to try to do something in this division where you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And the Broncos go get Justin Fields, and they got a talented roster. I think they get their guy, let him develop under, under Teddy Bridgewater, probably do something else with Drew Locke, who I don't think is that guy. Maybe Drew Locke would be a good situation in Chicago, uh, maybe Pittsburgh, back up in Indianapolis. Uh, but he's not looking like he's a starting quarterback. And Justin Fields to the Broncos, it makes all the sense to me. He's a dynamic, he's a playmaker. He run 4-4, he's the arm. He was arguably the second best QB in the draft for a while until we've seen Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. But I like Justin Fields' game. I think he's going to be just fine if he's in the right situation. Hopefully Denver doesn't mess his career up. Now, number eight, we're sitting there with the Panthers. So now the four quarterbacks has went. So the only quarterback available is Mac Jones. And Panthers are not going to get Mac Jones. They already got Sam Darnold, who I think is a better prospect if he was entering the draft, who's also very young, by the way. And Panthers can beef up that O-line. I think the Panthers draft Panay Sewell. Panthers get Panay Sewell. They get their left tackle to secure for Sam Darnold. And they move on like that. Move on like that. They keep building. They're gonna to try to build, protect Sam Darnold, and go on, go on like that. Get yourself the left tackle, sure left tackle, and Panay Sewell, who they're saying is the best prospect probably since Trent Williams. Dude is massive, three three hundred thirty-one pounds, running a five flat, amazing. And he was really young in that his last season. He opted out a year, and he's still shown to be a top ten talent. Now the Lions at number nine. I would have liked them to get to a receiver, but Devontae Smith, 
it was off the board. I don't, I wouldn't say Jalen Waddle would be the play for them. I think with Rashawn Slater being available, protect Jared Goff, you'll be able to get a receiver in the second round or maybe a defensive player in the second round. But there's, there's plenty of receivers that you'll be able to get in the third round, second round, third round. But I think when Rashawn Slater's right there, be able to protect Jared Goff. Jared Goff is better when he's not under pressure. And Rashawn Slater seemed like the play for me. You got Taylor Decker over there. Their center, um, Ragnall, is pretty well. You solidify that right tackle spot in with Slater. And you should give Jared Goff some time. He should hopefully have success in some success in Detroit, hopefully. You know, because Detroit can be a tough situation. Now, we go to number 10. Cowboys. Cowboys get Patrick Sertain. They were the worst defense that anybody was. It was like, for quarterbacks, it was like a freaking pro day. They were just shredding the Cowboys defense, getting the corner, a very clean corner. And Patrick Sertan should help him a lot. Should help with the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. My dad's a big Cowboys fan. But Cowboys do need some defense. I think Sertan is the right play for them right there. Number 11, Giants, Micah Parsons. Very versatile linebacker, can play inside, outside, rush the passer, play in coverage. I think he could fit that Giants mold. He's very good as far as, you know, you can blitz him. Like you can blitz him on the outside. You can, you can like, as a, as an edge rusher. And he can also be deep into coverage. He can do it all. He's a do-it-all linebacker. And I think he fit very well with the Giants, whether he's playing middle linebacker or outside linebacker. And I think that's the good play for the Giants. Improve that defense. Get as much talent, talent as possible. They've been drafting offense a lot lately. lately. Get yourself some defense. Number 12, the Eagles. I got the Eagles going with Jalen Waddle. They got their new head coach, Nick Sirianni. And the guy that he had success with is T.Y. Hilton. Prime T.Y. Hilton reminds me of... Jalen Waddle reminds me a lot of Prime T.Y. Hilton. Now, he reminds us a lot of Tyreek Hill when he first came out of college. But I think um, T.Y. Hilton is a very good comparison. And Jalen Waddle, have you seen... If you've seen him... The only question about him is if he can be healthy, but... Him with the ball in his hands and that blazing speed is ridiculous. It's some of the craziest things that I've seen him do with the boy. Just watching, I like to watch a lot of Alabama games this past year. And that team was locked in and they were just different this past year. They were really different. I got to watch too much college football because of how bad my team was by around week 10. But Jalen Waddle to the, to the Eagles, they do need a receiver. And you pair him up with Jalen Hurts. I like that idea. I like what Nick Sirianni can probably do with him. And you also have Jalen Rieger. You have Dallas Gardert. They definitely need a weapon. And having a downfield threat like Jalen Waddle should help them out. I like that. I like that idea. Chargers. I got them taking Elijah Vera Tucker, who actually went to Bishop O'Dowd. Um, he can play guard. He can play left tackle. Protect Justin Herbert. That's that's the main focus. Protect Justin Herbert. And you have a guy right here who can be a, either a starting left tackle or he can be a starting left guard. Vice versa on the right side. They got Brian Bulaga. They picked up Corey Lindsey. They also have Tri Turner. Give Justin Herbert some times, and great things will happen, especially when you got Keenan Hallen over there. And I like the play right there where Chargers get Elijah Verrett Tucker. Vikings. Now, you can say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but he wasn't the reason why they were losing those games. That defense was god awful. But it was also because of opt outs and injuries. They didn't have Daniil Hunter and um, Michael Pierce opted out. They should both be back by next season. And I think they fully fill out that defensive line that been giving them a lot of success in this past decade when they had, what's his name, Everson Griffin, and they had Linval Joseph. Um, they able to replace Linval Joseph with Michael Pierce. They have a freak athlete, a freak at 
of the other side of defensive end in Everson Griffin. And I think you give him a, a co-partner on the other side with Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips up in Miami. That dude's a prototype. He can play inside, outside. He has good size. The only thing that's holding him is concussions. I think Vikings is going to look past that and they see the potential and they see the raw talent that's there with Jalen Phillips. I'm a, I like Miami. That's my favorite college team as far when it comes to college football. I got to see a lot of him. Dude's a playmaker. He's 265, 6'5". He's the prototype. And I think that would be a good good move for the Vikings to go and pick up Jalen Phillips at 14. Now, at 15, Patriots didn't make no trade because their guy fell right into their hands. And the Patriots get Mac Jones. Mac Jones fall right into the Patriots. Sit under. He gets to sit under Cam Newton. Cam Newton will be the starter. It's But Mac Jones is definitely an upgrade over Jarrett Stidham. That way they have QB options because we don't know about Cam and how good he's going to be. Also with his age. And you get yourself a QB as well for the future that you can hopefully develop. And Mac Jones to the Patriots. And that's how it's going to go. So I don't think there's going to be any more trades for QBs unless, you know, depending how much the Washington football team likes Kyle Trask, how much the Saints like Kyle Trask. I hear that the Saints wants to make a move to the top 10. We're going to have to see how things play out. This is all just predictions at the end of the day. But at 16, we are halfway through the first round. 16, we got the Cardinals. I think the best move for them right here, especially that he's available at this spot, is J.C. Horn. Cardinals just lost out Patrick Peterson after a successful about, about like 11 years now. Um, the, the wide receivers in our dis division, you know, you're dealing with Debo, you're dealing with DK Metcalf, you're dealing with Deon, well, not DeAndre Hopkins, you're dealing with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and all that. And they just lost Patrick Peterson. J.C. Horn seemed like the right move for them. He's a man-to-man -man corner. He's a dog. He shut down a lot of receivers in the SEC last year. And it seemed like the right move. I think a corner in that spot is the right move for them. 17, the Raiders. Man, they just when you think about the Raiders in last season, defense, 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 defense. And they need like a, a versatile defender that can cover everything. And the guy that comes to my mind is Trayvon Morig, safety from TCU. Gives me a lot of Honey Badger vibes. I think he can fit with the Raiders perfectly. Raiders need a lot of things on defense. They've been drafting D-line. They haven't been drafting well on D-line. But I don't see them wasting another pick on a D-lineman. They could potentially go offensive line since they lost Trent. You know, they had like a top five offensive line last year. And then, you know, Raiders being Raiders, they're like, you know what? I don't really want a top five defensive line no more. So they just send Trent Brown for a fifth round pick. They let go of Gabe Jackson. They let go of Rodney Hudson. They're like, yeah, we don't really feel like having a, a great offensive line no more let's just start over they could go offensive lineman maybe with uh christian derisaw but i think defense is more important because you got you know you still got darren waller you got Derek carl with there they're able to do things offensively they're able to keep up offensively defense was the main problem and i think getting a guy like trayvon moreg being that versatility be able to guard slot receivers try to keep up with tight ends also cover a lot of ground be a ball hawk and make big plays that's the type of player that the raiders need 18 again the Dolphins now the Dolphins is they already got their guy in Devontae Smith I think they help out in that offensive line and they get the right tackle out of Virginia Tech and Christian Derisaw keep protecting to it protect your franchise QB they were under pressure a lot now that he got a weapon get yourself some O-line we already know how good that defense is just try to improve that offense they also have Will Fuller as a speed threat they have Jakeem Grant as a as a as a speed threat they also have Mike Gusecki, now all to a need is the time, 
It may be a running game. They can either go running back or offensive lineman, but I think you can get a running back in the second round. I do like Miles Gaskin. You can stay cheap with the running back. Solidify that O-line as fast as you can. So you got that with the Dolphins with uh, Christian Derrishaw at 18. Now Washington football team at 19. They couldn't go either way. They can maybe reach, but they can probably get a quarterback in the second round in Kyle Trask or even David Mills or even Kellen Mond. But I got them getting JOK, Jeremiah Wusu Karamoa, the versatile linebacker out of Notre Dame. He can basically be a safety. He's a light. He's a light linebacker, around like 220 pounds, but very versatile all over the field. And even a guy like that all over the field with that D-line in Washington where you got three very good defensive tackles. Then you got two crazy edge rushers in Chase Young and also a freak athlete in Montez Sweat who's running a 4-3. Get a linebacker like that. They lost um, Thomas Davis due to retirement. You got corners. They got the corner from Cincinnati, and they had Fuller, and they also had Keeman Curl. And the safety with Landon Collins, you get that linebacker in the middle to solidify that. That defense is going to be hard to score, in, and it should run the NFC East, in my opinion. So at 20, the Bears is up again. Oh, well, not up again. It's their first pick, and I think they get Rashad Bateman. Um, get another receiver. I like um, Darnell Mooney. They did franchise tag Allen Robinson. I don't think 